Hello, this is Lisa LaRose here on Connect to Love on PRNFM, and I am joined by one of my most delightful souls on the planet that I have to share this journey with, and that would be Michael J. Russ. And I'm so grateful to you for so many different things, Michael, and I know I say that to you each and every week, but it really truly comes from the heart, and I, I hope you know that. And I hope our audience can feel that, how how uh, blessed I feel to share this journey with you. Definitely. So I just uh, it, it, is, it is my absolute honor, pleasure, and I, I love doing the show. I just love it. It's one of the, I said before, one of the things I really, really look forward to. Uh, it's the most stable thing I have every week. <laughs> There's yeah, nothing else is me stable. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> me too. And you know, it's, it's a conscious decision, Michael, that you and I make. We decide that this is where, you know, we are going to uh, get together and everything is unscripted. I hope our audience realizes that. We just sort of decide a few minutes before the show what it is we're going to talk about, and we just let our guides and, and spirit and whatever it is bring forth what is most important. And so I, before the show, I was looking through a couple things, and I found a quote that is so appropriate for what's going on in my world today. And uh, I'm sure that a lot of people are, are feeling it maybe with the full moon and maybe some other things uh, planetary. But the, it's by Humble the Poet uh, who wrote a wonderful book called 101 Life Lessons Without the BS. <laughs> and it said, most people run from challenges while others run towards them. Choosing your direction makes the difference between being A-list and being just like everyone else. And uh, it was such a good reminder to me today to sort of put back my shoulders and hold my head up high and say, you know what, I got this stuff coming down my pike, but I'm not going to let it bother me. I'm going to just keep smiling and and moving forward. And uh, rather than really have uh, an attitude where this is happening to me, this is actually an opportunity of growth. This is happening for me. And I think that uh, it is, um, it's, for me, it's almost like an act of self-love because to be anything contrary is to be not the person that I know I am in my heart. And to buy into somebody else's story uh, doesn't, really, doesn't really serve me. And so I get to choose. I get to decide. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on, the, on this topic and where we want to we wanna drive this bus today, Michael. Thank you. Um, it's been a challenging week for both of us. And this is a very apropos topic for us. I love the book, 101 Lessons uh, Without the BS. The title is, I mean, the title is everything. The headline is everything. And I think that <laughs> everybody should go out. And it's just another one of those books I write down that, to go, to, go uh, to be alert to and, and go grab. Let me just say this. In my view, every, we, we are, we have, thrust upon us opportunities. We live from free will. And that means that we can choose to follow our guidance, the guidance of our guide, or we can choose to go another way. And as Carol Collins and the collective have uh, put forth several times, you'll know which way was the right way for you, the way that was in line with your soul and your soul's intentions and your soul being is by the way you feel. Whether or not you, you feel good about what you're doing whether you feel not so good about what you're doing, whether you're joyful along the way or have a joy, have, or, or feel joyful when you're finished, or whether you don't, 
feel joyful, whether you feel guilt or resentment or uh, any of those other low-level, low, uh, uh, low feelings and emotions, lower feelings and emotions. And this is this is something uh, I always remember that when when and sometimes not initially when things mm-hmm. have been thrust upon me, I've got all of a sudden this to-do list. You know I'm leaving next week on Tuesday to go on a two-and-a-half-week vacation. And all of a sudden this week it seems like it's the busiest week for the mere year administrative for me, I've, administratively. I've got all this stuff I need to do, um, aside mm-hmm. from PAC, aside from the stuff that's really associated with the vacation itself. I've got to turn around here, head out of here, uh, and go to uh, – get international calling on my phone, and I've got to go directly to the office to do that, of the, the cellular company. And you know, it's just another thing. It's you, you, you make this long list of things that need to be done, and then, then all of a sudden you've got five, six other things that are thrust upon you that have nothing to do with your vacation, but everything to do perhaps with your work or family or something else. And so it's at some point I become alert to the fact that this is just another opportunity for me to engage and practice my own sovereignty. That it's mm-hmm. I who decide how I feel about what's going on. That that it's that it's me who determines how it expects in, in how it affects my spirit, how it affects uh, my body and my mind. That is where we come from. And once that realization occurs, and again, because we're all human, it doesn't. It doesn't happen immediately. You don't think, oh, this thing's thrust upon me. Wait a minute, opportunity to practice my sovereignty. That's usually not the way it happens. Usually it's once you're in the midst of it and you're, you're feeling the way you do, and then you go, wait a minute, hold on a second. Mm, I'm a sovereign. I decide what, how I feel about this. So let me go back and rethink this. Let me go back and restate my perceptions about what's going on. Instead of getting all wound up about what's happening, and how it inter- it's interfering with your your vibe, vacation vibe, and the prep for that, or the prep for whatever mm-hmm. it is, I can say, mm, all right, I've, I've, a couple more things have been added to my list. Which of these can I get through the quickest? Let's do those first. And then let's operate, let's figure out of the more challenging things, the things that I need to get ahead of time so I can complete them. And that's kind of the way I looked at this is, let me go. I actually went to the to the more challenging ones and said, "Okay, which, which of these? What of this challenging administrative thing that I need to do would require uh, me connecting with someone and getting some information from other people? Let me do that first, so that when the information comes in, I can quickly glide through this thing." And that's that's what happened. That was also tomorrow. I'll be ready to glide through this thing uh, tomorrow or mm-hmm. Friday. And so you feel better about it because you're taking steps towards finishing. You know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel always, and you just have to focus on the light at the end of the tunnel and do those things. And as I always like to say, be careful what you invest in, in emotion in, into. And, and Carol Collins and the Collective made it even more uh, viable for me. It, it, they, put a, they, they dotted the I and crossed the T when it, came to, when it comes to what it is you invest in and how are you investing in it. Are you investing negative emotions and feelings into whatever it is or are you investing joy and happiness and love and friendly and peace into whatever it is and Mm -hmm. the the trick is to invest more peace and joy and love and friendly and happy into things than the opposite than their antithesis and that is really how you know that you're in control 
uh, of your sovereignty is that you are you are making sure that that is your focus. And I, I got to tell you, yes, it is a challenge. There might be a sleepless night the first night when all these things have been thrust upon you, and you might wake up in the middle of the night thinking, "Oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do that?" But you just have to put it to rest and say, "Look, I'm going to here's how I'm going to deal with this. Tomorrow I'm I'm going to get up and I'm going to hit the ground running and I'm going to take care of these things. I'm going to write down what I need to do, and and as a as a functional way of doing things, as a uh, an objective, I should say, way of approaching it instead of a subjective emotional." Um, uh, pity party or explosion, implosion, whatever it is that you're telling, you know, putting it all over social media, uh, and going to friends, sure. and, yeah, <laughs> and complaining to your to to the, those you love about what your problems are. Quite frankly, nobody wants to hear it. Everybody's got issues of their mm-hmm. own they need to deal with. So, right, nobody wants to hear your issues, even if and if that's the way that you work them out. It's really a good idea to take a different track, the track that doesn't involve you spreading negativity to all and your problems to everybody that you, that you know, because that's impacting their joy, their happiness, mm-hmm. their ability to uh, be friendly and kind. It's impacting all of that and to have peace in their mm-hmm. life. And uh, that's what I have to say about that, okay? Everything's yeah. an opportunity. It, totally. Well, and I think when you're speaking, I got sort of an image of if, if you've ever seen in, in when it's really hot in the summertime and the wind will catch something and it'll start like almost a little cyclone, you know, and be, yeah. you'll see the wind and it'll just be just nothing. And, and if you were to stomp on it, it would dissipate. Um, right. But rather than let it grow into something larger, where it really you know takes out buildings, can lift cars, whatever, whatever it is, that okay. energy. And and I think that what you're saying, Michael, and what I'm hearing anyway, is that as you invite other people to uh, really sympathize, empathize, whatever it is with what is going on, I mean, you can actually amplify the field. And right. I. Um, the field it, of negativity you know, and in, that you're creating. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that when you when you do that, you're empowering um, that aspect of life, which is not really what you want. And, and, and sometimes we have to recognize, you know, life can be challenging. We, <laughs> there's not one of us that wakes up in the morning that doesn't have one challenge, whether it's, I know you had a challenge with your air conditioner, I, you know, with the, I have a faucet that doesn't want to quite shut off. I, my brother helped me with a door today that kind of came a little bit down off the jam and it, why won't it shut? Why won't it close? Why won't it lock? <laughs> why does that thing squeak all the, the time? Yeah, you got to take all the screws out, and you got to, you know, just you know, re-anchor the door back in, in, and in the hinges. But I'm thinking, like, okay, so let's not become unhinged. Isn't that interesting? We have these, these sort of uh, things that are examples in our lives, and you, know, you could slam the door, shut the door. I mean, it's so, it's so poignant to me that there's like, <laughs> it just, it just says so much. But I, I this week, right had somebody come into my path and his name was Ahmet. And I thought, it's not a very common name. And then that made me yeah. uh, think about Dr. Goswami, Dr. Ahmet Goswami. And he was in the movie, What the Bleep Do We Know? And he has always been somebody that I, I really admire. He looks at quantum physics and 
possibilities and he, he always said that in quantum physics objects are possibilities residing in the domain of potentiality outside space and time and I think about that and I think okay we've got this domain of possibilities right that are outside space and time so what am I going to pull into this reality what is it that I want to create in my reality that I haven't seen before and what I found so fascinating because I've kind of lost track of what he's been doing and guess what he's working on right now he's working what? on love love there you go. love love and how harnessing the power of love can actually transform our quantum experience he said and he says that love is essential components for quantum transformation and and this whole show is about our connection and I don't know if you can feel I got shivers like all the way down and I'm thinking okay even so I, I haven't really been paying attention to his work and guess what I've got a new awakened curiosity I see he's got some new books out he's teaching classes on love I'm thinking wow this is this is hardcore science and one of the things he said, and, and I and I really, I mean, you know, you talk about challenges. He, he was, I saw a recent interview with him uh, when I was sort of perusing what he was up to, and he said that one of the things that Einstein never found in his life, and he he said this was love. And I thought Einstein geez, never you found know, love. That's what that's what Amit Goswami uh, said in, in this interview. I don't know if that's true. It would be interesting to find out. Uh, or maybe he didn't feel that he found that. In, and maybe, maybe that was something that maybe in that quantifying of what all of the different things that he was experimenting and bringing it's interesting through. I mean, like, was he yeah, thinking no, ahead, too hard please, or what? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what comes to me is he was thinking too hard. Instead of feeling it, he was thinking it. Maybe he was, yeah, maybe. Maybe he was attempting to um, define love mathematically, mm-hmm. something I don't think he would do because he did a lot of, he did a lot of meditation um, and a lot of thinking. However, maybe that's what he was trying to do is quantify love. And right. uh, maybe it's not quantifiable. Maybe it's yeah. it's something that either exists or it doesn't. I mean, I told somebody the other day, I said, you know, there's, there's one thread that runs through everything, the non-physical, vibrational uh, side of, of, uh, of the universe and the physical, experiential, vibrational side. And it draws them together, and that's love. Yeah, love runs through mm-hmm. everything, everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everything. When you look at when you look at an inanimate object, love runs through that too, based on how you feel about it. Uh, when you look mm-hmm. at something that's something vibrationally slow, something that's very vibrationally high, uh, high pitched sounds and music and other things, uh, and the things you can't see, like spirit, like your own guide. Um, that many people, the vast majority of people in this world cannot see. Still, love. Your your soul is comprised of pure love. Both the mm-hmm. soul that's here and your soul being, which isn't. Somebody told me something very interesting uh, years ago, decades ago. I read this. It said that uh, it was Dr. Michael Newton. 
in his book, uh, A Journey of Souls. He said, 90% of your soul, your soul being, is not here with you. Only 10% of you is here, of your soul, is, is living this experiential life. And that's because it's way too much energy, way too much love, way too powerful uh, mm-hmm. to, to be in this physical body that we have. And um, I, I definitely... I believe that 110%. You have, it, it's amazing to actually live from love. And it's interesting that it's being studied now uh, by this uh, by the gentleman, uh, Omet, because <laughs> that's, that's one of those things that you're just going to go round and round in circles. It's like the divine, divine conundrum. <laughs> no, am I feeling it mm-hmm. or am I not? Uh, you know, define the stage of it. You know, somebody has the, the stages of love and, and the like. I mean, to me, it's just, it's just a warmth uh, that you feel in your solar plexus and throughout your entire body. It's just a warmth, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's the beauty of it. And what I know I do is remain cognizant of how what I'm doing and what I'm thinking throughout the day is impacting my feeling, feelings of love for the, my life partner, for the people I know, my friends, family, the connections that I, that I make throughout the day. How am I, as a love being, how am I projecting that? Am I projecting that? Am I thinking or mm-hmm. acting from that? It's a real interesting thing. Not only, not only is, it, is it pretty cool and amazing to kind of go through your day thinking that way about how you're, you're impacting other people and how they're impacting you. And basically, you can't control how – you can control how they impact you, not how they take what, what you're giving, what you're putting out. And mm-hmm. uh, the smile you put out, the, 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 if you're thinking – and living from love, if, you're, if your goal is to interact with human beings from a perspective of love, animals and others from a perspective of love, I know you deal with animals. I'm going to take this tangent for a second. Throughout my entire lifetime, I've had one thing said to me when animals come up to me, dogs, cats, you know, geese, it doesn't matter what it is. Um, I encounter animals the handler says, or the owner says, wow, they don't do that with everybody. They've never done that. They're always doing something different. <laughs> and I'm going like, yeah. So what does the animal sense? I'm asking mm-hmm. you, what does the animal sense? We, it's very interesting because that's actually one of the things that um, Met Goswami says as well. In, in, in researching consciousness and the experience of oneness, he says that animals either... They, there's no gray area with an animal. They either like or dislike. They're attuning to a field, an energetic field, that they, they're either going to like it or dislike it. And, and you think about a cat. Uh, they, they're very defined in what they know, what they want. Dogs are maybe a little bit, you know, I think are maybe a little bit different. Um, most dogs are, uh, generally speaking, they just want love. I think that that's right. what they came in here to emulate. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, their, their tails to me are their smiles. Um, they let you know if they're pleased, displeased, uh, stay away, that kind of thing. Um, and you know, to me, 
they are really, uh, for for me anyway, my greatest, one of my greatest gifts in this lifetime. Um, whether they be my animals or somebody else's animals, I get so much joy from that encounter, as I know you do, Michael. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So true. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing, you know, what uh, what you're putting out. I think that what I put out is is love to these animals that I've never seen before. And that, that mm-hmm. vibe, they're attracted to that to that vibe. And they know that it's not fear, obviously, that it's not uh, anger or hate or distrust uh, that comes from people who, you know, who who are have a, a phobia to animals or have had an experience in the past that has not been positive with animals, and now that's what they're thinking when they when they encounter an, another animal, the same type, dog or cat, whatever it may be. And it's it's interesting that uh, if you want to val- in my view, if you want a validation of whether you're putting out the right vibe. If you're, if you, if love is what you want to exude, the, the vibe you want to put out to the world, a a great way to validate that is through animals. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's interesting. Cats are interesting, as you know, because they are they own their sovereignty. That's all there is to it. They own their sovereignty. There's no way you're going to get a cat to do something it doesn't want to do. Uh, there's no way you're going to rule over a, a, a cat. This is not going to happen. And they have their own ideas about what they're going to do in life, their own routines, and they're creatures of habit. And they they simply, if you put a box down in the middle of the floor, your, the cat's going to come from wherever they are in the in the house to check out that box because it's, it's new. What is this doing here? Who put this here? You know, that's the question's going through my mouth is, oh, excuse me, did I not request Did I not request that I could put this box here from you? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I apologize. You know, like, like she, this cat is the, the, the supervisor of, of the house and has to know where everything is, in, know everything's in its place. And oh, that's if, a great way to start. That's really great. Yeah, I like that. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? Oh, wait a minute. Did I not ask your permission to put this? I'm sorry. I, I apologize profusely. You know, <laughs> Forgive me for, for not coming to you first because that's really the way it is. You know, if you put a piece of – if you it's, it's really interesting. Uh, put, a, put something uh, uh, on the bed that hasn't been there before, like a blanket, a ball of blanket I've put on the bed. And it's like if there's, a, if there's a cavern, if there's any way to get into that thing, the cat wants to get up and check it out and get into it. Can I, can I get into this mm-hmm. thing? Is it something I can walk through or hide in? You know, and, and you find them half covered up by whatever it is, and you're going, what the heck is going on here? It's curiosity. So we can learn that from, from cats, definitely, but we can learn that when we, put, when we put the love out, cats will resonate that love back to us. It's going to be in their own time and in their own place and in their own way, but it will come back. And dogs, as you well know, uh, we've owned pets for many, dogs for many years, uh, you know, they're like, love beings they they want love all the time and they will get that when you're done loving they want more loving you know and and that's what's so beautiful uh about them you know i i want to tell you something that was really interesting because i did have a cat that was kind of like the antithesis of most cats It, it was um a barn cat we had a little kitten that 
12 years ago, I think 13 years ago, that we had, um, my girlfriend Sandy had a barn cat <clears throat> and got a kitten for her barn. And she raised it in her tack room, fed it in her tack room, let it out when she came up there. And as it grew, it got the opportunity to uh, run, run, the, run the barn, run around the barn, jump up in the hayloft, sleep in the hayloft, whatever it wanted to do. And the interesting thing was that when we came out there every morning at uh, 6.45 or so to feed the horses, the cat would come down and say, hey, how are you? And before we left, we had to pick her up. And she would turn over on her back in our arms. She would put her little paw on your cheek, and then she would just Aww. lick your chin till it was raw. She wanted to lick your chin. She just wanted to lick, 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 just Aww. love. And you'd, you'd sit there and rub, their t- rub her chest and rub her tummy, and she would just lick you, lick you, <laughs> lick you. It would touch you with a little paw, no claws, just a little paw. And it was so cute. Um, and it was, and then she'd go, okay, all right, thank you very much. And then she'd go about her business, going around the barn, doing things, looking for little mice if there were any. She took care of, believe it or not, she, she killed a um, water moccasin that got into the pond. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. Cats wow. are very, they can, they, they're very protective of their little environments. And uh, really fun. Amazing. So went, in, went in around the horses and went out and looked at them from the top and, and uh, just had a really good time in the barn. And, uh, it, I, you know, the cat we have now is, is, uh, it was adopted at, at about two years of age. And so didn't have, she didn't have the, as a calico, she didn't have the, the loving as a kitten. And so it's a completely different experience. You know, my dog was the same way when I adopted a dog mm-hmm. uh, that I had found uh, at about three or four years of age uh, that she hadn't, hadn't had any love in her life. She didn't know how to love. She had no idea how to about what, you know, licking someone was, giving some, somebody a kiss on the, licking someone's cheek. Uh, nothing. Had no idea. I think in her, in the, in the 14 years I had her, there were a couple of times when she licked my hand and I took it mm-hmm. as the most special thing in the world, you know, yeah. because it, it can't, because it's not something she did. But when she felt good, it was like, it was, and it was when my hand was over the side of the bed, kind of rubbing her, massaging her pads, and all of a sudden I get a little lick. And I go, wait a minute, was that a lick? But it was only one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one short little lick. Fine, thank you very much. You know, and it's just, it's, it's wonderful. You know, if you don't have a pet, obviously it's, that's so sweet, though, you know, yeah. because you're, you appreciate what's right in front of you, Michael. And, and that, I think in, in that appreciation, you fill your day with positive thoughts and emotions. And oh, yeah. when you, it's sort of like, I think, crowding out in, in whatever it is that as we, and it goes back to those challenges, we decide. We decide what is it we're going to to, to focus on what do we want to embrace, what wisdom are we going to take from a situation, remove any negatives, uh, and then really explore what what else unfolds. You know, you could be like, you could have been when that kitten was licking your chin and like, this is so irritating, get off of me, you know. (laughs) I don't don't want any of that, right? You could, yeah. You could, could, yeah, you could choose that. I don't think, I mean, you definitely could. But instead, you know, you, 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 you embrace that opportunity. There, there was 
an, an understanding me to train you in that animal or if in a daily life we have that opportunity uh, to understand our interactions with other people and go, hmm, yeah, that was interesting. Don't need any of that. Would prefer to be like this. Uh, and I think that that's really as we start to see what's in front of us and be the best that we can be, we sort of, in, I don't know, I, I, I think it becomes a conscious choice to say no. I, I've, I've done that. I did that in my 20s. Maybe I did that in my, my teens. Maybe I did it in my 40s. Whatever it is, I, I don't need to do any more of that. I Very really like what's going on now. I, I'm appreciating with all, all the wonderful things. So even though you have all of these XYZ steps that you need to prepare mm-hmm. before you, your trip, you know that you're going to have a wonderful experience. Once you, you get on that plane, you're, all those things that were in your, your wheelhouse of stuff that you needed to get done, there would be, be a distant memory. That is absolutely and, and, you, and your next adventure awaits. I mean, it's a, it's a wonderful metaphor for life, I think. Yeah, I agree. And, Thank you. Wonderful way of putting it. Um, and that is, that is the case. It's, the challenge, as I always say, uh, is, to, is engaging with life uh, from love and remembering that that's the way you're engaging. You, you ch- you've chosen to engage with it. When things come up that are again, the antithesis or the opposite of what you would uh, consider to be loving. And we're talking about people. People who you cannot control, and we have to always understand that. We can't control the way other people, what they think, do, uh, the uh, whatever behaviors or whatever actions they take. We, we can't, you know, whatever they say, we can't control that. We have no control mm-hmm. of that. And so when you're blindsided by... Uh, someone who is uh, of a, I call them lower vibrational beings, not from a judgmental perspective, but because that is what they're putting out, okay? They're putting out lower vibrations. They are being judgmental. They're operating in that area, in the lower quadrant of of, of vibration, and uh, with negativity and blame and all this other stuff, Um, and and, and outward uh, disgust, discord, drama, you name it. The thing is to remember that you have a choice about who you interact with and how you interact mm-hmm. with them. You can, you, can, you can be loving and look for an out. If what they're putting out is, it doesn't resonate with you, uh, and you're going to know that one way or the other from the first moment that they're in your space, in your field, uh, you can turn around and walk the other way, or you can, uh, if you're if you're stuck and it's somebody that you know, uh, you can say, "Excuse yourself." You say, "I've got to go. So I've got to go. I got an appointment." You can do however it is that mm-hmm. you you extricate yourself from the situation in a loving way. You know, that's basically it. it it's mm-hmm. you know, if it's if it's family, it's even more challenging, of course, because family you feel like you have an obligation to uh to sit there and listen or take it or whatever it is that you take whatever they're putting out um with family you can do one other thing you can actually be a little bit more uh forceful in your determination to help them understand that what they're doing isn't helping 
you, mm-hmm. isn't helpful to you, isn't resonating with you, uh, that whatever problem that they have is something that they need, that there's a reason why they have it, and that mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm part of it, and if they believe I'm part of it, that needs to be rethought because that is associated with blame when people tell you you're the cause of the the, the root cause of uh, the reason for that is that's blame that's not wanting to be accountable mm-hmm. for uh, or responsible for your own thoughts and your own actions and it's it's pretty clear it's pretty clear when it happens and understanding is one of those things that you have to employ just understanding just sitting there and listening you don't have to say anything you don't have to commit to it you can be detached from what someone's saying emotionally mm-hmm. you can be emotionally detached you can just listen and not let your solar plexus tighten up because at some point it's going to be over and when it's over thank you very much i'm glad thank you for sharing take care <laughs> you know mm-hmm. that's it you'd be surprised at how fast that little cut little line um just stuns people because they're expecting you to come back with something mm-hmm. and to keep the drama going to oh, keep the negativity sure. flowing or to for as sure. you just so wonderfully said amplify the negativity they're looking for you to amplify mm-hmm. it and we don't want to do that when we live from love we don't amplify we just right. let other people we just you know we live from love continue to live from love and understand that mm-hmm. we can we don't have to invest in other people's drama oh, and amplify absolutely. it yeah. Absolutely. There, there, there's a woman, I don't really know very much about her, but uh, one of her quotes really stuck out to me because she said, love yourself, period. Then find something to love beyond yourself. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I like that quote. Yeah. I, you know, and because if I love myself enough and I'm, I'm secure in who I am and all the aspects... Whether, you know, and we had Dr. Nicosia on, you know, I I love and accept myself for all my gifts and blessings, but I also love and accept myself for any faults and failings I may have because I deeply and profoundly love and accept myself. And and you echo those words, whether it be, and you sent me Hapanapano the other day as a reminder that you're dealing with different things. Go back to the simple things that we know you know love yourself and then go beyond something to love beyond yourself and and then i i think that's really profound so even in the aspect of that challenge that somebody may be presenting to you find something to love about it what is it teaching you what opportunities what new maybe maybe it's even just saying you know what we've come along this road as far as we can go and I, I appreciate you. I release you with love. Uh, our, our relationship no longer serves either one of us. It's okay to go our different directions. No, no hard feelings. Mm-hmm. Just let it go. Yeah. And, and saying that to someone in a loving way can be one of your biggest challenges. Because mm-hmm. as human beings, we care about what other people think and say. Although... When you, I've always said, if you can communicate with uh, love, kindness, compassion, and empathy, you can say anything. If that's mm-hmm. the basis, the foundation from which you are communicating, 
It's not a you thing. It's not a me thing. It's not an I thing. It's a this is the way things are, and I prefer, as a, stating something as a preference, I prefer not to be involved anymore because of this. It's not because of the way right. it makes me feel somewhat, but because it's 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 anti what I'm what I'm attempting to um, vibrate in my life. What I'm attempting, mm-hmm. how I'm, you know, the path that I'm on, and it's it's interesting because I was watching something the other day, and I was using this as an example. I can't tell you exactly what it was, but it happens all the time when you you elevate your uh, your vibration yourself. You you make a commitment to live from love and kindness and empathy and friendly and happy and compassion and empathy and all that and peace. You choose to do that, and you on your on your row on your journey to doing that as you're doing it every day. The people who who you know who've been close to you that uh, are unfamiliar with what you've chosen to do and are resonating from uh, from a different level, a different a drama level, discord level, you mm-hmm. know, jealousy level, um, discord level. Those people will get a sense immediately of of what has changed within you. Something they know has changed. Sure. And, they're, and then what is it? What, what are you doing? What, what, what's going on here? Because you're putting out something completely different. And when you do that, we have to understand that your friends, or who you call your friends or closest, people you've had as friends for a very long time, may fall away. They may become angry at you because mm-hmm. you're not, the same person you were that that they think you are or should be or mm-hmm. perceive you to be. It's really interesting. Right. How, I had how, something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I say, right. I, in my life, that's exactly what happened. I, I needed to, and it was a you know a romantic relationship, but it wasn't it wasn't good for me. And I recognized that, and it was you know very calm, uh, and just that. You know, we needed to go a different direction because I wasn't what he wanted, and I could never be that. Uh, you know, I'm blonde, blue-eyed. I wasn't. I could never be brown-haired, dark-complected. Uh, that's just you know, not in a million years would I ever be that. Even if I did get color contacts and dye my hair and whatever, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be me. It would be him. Me trying to. Uh, be something that I wasn't and only for a short time because eventually we would realize it's just not me. Mm-hmm. And and when I said, you know, we just, uh, it's better that we go our separate ways you know, later on, maybe a few weeks later when I was, I, it was just as though I walked out of these gumboots that were stuck in the mud and I felt so free. I was like, oh my gosh, I can just be me. And yeah. then Later on, I heard, well, you know, he thought you fell off the deep end. <laughs> and I thought, geez, I, I really like that I fell off the deep end because guess what? I, I love where I'm at right now. I'm exploring. I'm reconnecting with all those aspects of me that maybe I, I didn't realize over time I was giving away and sacrificing. And it, and it was okay. There wasn't any ill will feeling, nothing. It's just that at some point I recognized that I needed to love myself. You know, just like Grace Potter said, love yourself. 
Exactly. And falling off the deep end. Uh, and, and again, that's just somebody's opinion. I could have yeah. embraced that and said, oh, my gosh, what's wrong with me? I guess I did fall off the deep end. You know, I must be, I must, <laughs> you know, need psychiatric care. <laughs> Something. Yeah, I, believe me, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I just want our listeners to understand that um, and not be concerned about how people react when you decide to start living a truth that mm-hmm. is closer to your uh, soul's intentions, your soul's identity. Yeah. You decide to, um, to when you make a, a pact with yourself to be more loving and be more kind and live from that truth versus the truth that the rest of, you know, mankind wants you to live from, society, mm-hmm. so to speak, that you do free yourself from that. You do free right. yourself from that. And it's, you got to focus on that feeling of freedom different mm-hmm. kinds of freedom. Um, this, is, this is a kind that really, I think, is one of the most valuable, to know that you're your own being, that you don't have mm-hmm. to follow other people or what they think you should do. You know, you don't have to take that path. You can make your own choices, and that by making your own choices and listening to your own heart, listening to um, the guidance that is given to you in, in quiet moments, uh, what you think is, you know, the decisions that you have before you uh, and the ones that resonate with you that because they lead to more joy in your life. They may not lead to more money initially because money drives a lot of people to make decisions. Mm-hmm. And the, the unfortunate thing is that, you know, the money, as somebody said, yeah, you make the decision to do that and once a month you'll love it and the other 30 days you'll hate it. The other 30 days you'll, it'll make you feel miserable. And uh, and I always I've always remembered that do something right. that you 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 love participate in something that actually enlists your talents and gifts. You know, it may not be. Let me give you an example. You know, I mean, I've been in sales since I was, geez, fifteen. And mm-hmm. the one thing I've always understood is that there are certain aspects of of sales that I'm not in love with. However, that's only about less than 10% of, of the profession. The beautiful mm-hmm. thing about it is that I can help someone, I have the power to help someone get what they want. I can elicit from them what their deepest desires are, and I can help satisfy those desires. That's per- pretty much the way it is. You know, it's not mm-hmm. about cost. It's not about the product itself. It's about the process. If you if you like people, if you if you like uh, connecting with people, uh, then working in an office cubicle where you're on a computer all day with no human contact is not going to make you feel very good because mm-hmm. it's out of alignment with what you naturally love. You love to connect with people, and so if you just find something that allows you to connect with people in a positive way, and uh, that would be much more fulfilling for you, mm-hmm. much more fulfilling in, in life and lead to greater abundance because it's in line with your soul's intentions, one of them at least, to connect with people. So I did that. That's what I've been doing. And that's what I tell other people. I recognize people who are, who are great with people, and I'm going, how often do you connect with people? Oh, I don't, not very much at all. Uh, you know, I, I wish I did. 
Well, then go get a job that does. Mm-hmm. You're going to be you're going to be fantastic. You're going to be you're an amazing person. You 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 exude love. You exude kindness. You you exude all these wonderful higher vibrations. And yet you are denying yourself the opportunity to feel those more often, to experience them, to connect right. with people, to share them with people. Right? Mm-hmm. To share them with people. And well, and don't don't you think, Michael, that some of that too has to do with um, peace, inner peace, that you as you uh, really to thy own self be true, um, that you you do gain that sense of peace. Yes. And that really, as that vibrational, uh, everything sort of starts to fall into alignment. And mm-hmm. and that the people who used to perhaps challenge you just go, yeah, not the, not today. Uh, not not really interested in that at the moment. Um, I, I'd like... I'd like something different. And yeah. that's really when the magic happens. Exactly. Stating things, I learned to state things as preferences. Everything from, you know, um, at this particular point in my life, I don't have the money for a Ferrari, but I would never say I can't afford it. I would mm-hmm. say, because of where I am right now in life, I prefer to do this instead. Never tell yourself you can't do anything or you'll never going to have something, you never know. You can Mm -hmm. state anything as a preference. I prefer to go here on vacation versus there. Not because that vacation is going to be out of my financial wheelhouse right now, but because I prefer to do this at this point in my life. It will give me just as much um, satisfaction, life satisfaction, and I'll feel really, really good about it. And you know what? It could be that I meet someone or make connections during this vacation that I'm supposed to make. Mm-hmm. I've I got to tell you this. I've got to tell you this. This is a story that happened to be this weekend. I went to see Casey and the Sunshine Band again. Oh, uh, I did. Oh, how fun. Oh, yeah. On Sunday night, I was down in Pensacola. And um, I stayed at this little inn, an older hotel that had been refurbished by a couple of guys, and it was very nice. Uh, it was very lovely. And uh, we went, uh, my girlfriend and I went to the show. After the, We went to this bar before the show. We had uh, some hors d'oeuvres because we had gone to a different restaurant and had a bigger meal a couple of hours, three or four hours earlier, one of our favorite restaurants down there. And we came back. Uh, we were at the bar before uh, having a glass of wine or two. Went to the concert, came back to the same bar after the concert because the bartender was so amazing. Not only did he loved what he did to the point where he knew so much about the liquor he was serving and he found out that I liked gin and that I liked, you know, uh, tequila and stuff like that. And he just, he said, have you tasted, have you tried this? Look at this. And he'd give you the story behind everything. And then he said, here, you've got to taste this. You've got to taste this. And it's, it was so amazing. I said, man, you really love what you do, don't you? Oh, absolutely. He said, I'm like this because I want people to come back. I want people to come back. I want them to, to love their experiences so much that they come back and they see me again. And I said, that is, is awesome. And he was just he was so good at the bartender, but he was a mixologist, but he was also very good with people because he served all the people in the bar as well. Um, took their food orders and other things and other people. It's just amazing. So we come back afterwards and we're sitting at, at, at the, the bar talking with him again and I'm, I'm sampling some other stuff. And 
this black guy comes up on an electric bike, and he's right next to me, yet he's talking to the bartender because the bartender knows him. And he had this sad disposition. He was talking to the bartender, and I overheard, well, he was about a foot and a half from my ear, so it wasn't hard to overhear that he was not feeling well because he lost a friend. And and I, I just turned around, and I can't tell you, I can paraphrase what I said, but because usually when I talk to somebody who's in this situation, I'm very much sensing what they need at that particular moment in time, and I'm sure. kind of giving them exactly what they need to feel good about themselves and to, be, to feel good about life. It's not this kind of something I say to everyone who loses someone. Right. It's very, um, very personal. And I, I caught wind of the fact that it was a very close friend uh, of his, and I said, uh, I'm sorry for your loss. And he goes, yeah, I'm just, I'm just dealing with it. I'm, just, I'm not real spiritual and stuff, and I'm not this, and, I'm, 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 and I just don't know how to, you know. I said, listen, um, again, I'm paraphrasing, but I, I, I talked to him about the fact. I said, you know, it's not about, it's not about religion necessarily. It's not about doing something rote necessarily to, mm-hmm. to, uh, to move through it. It's about how you feel. And for you at this particular point, he says, he says, yeah, yeah. And I said, it's about for you. I'm getting a sense that you're incredibly sad because this person was very, very close to you. And, you know, we, we're kind of selfish about, about death. We want, because we know we're not going to be able to see them, touch them, hug them, or tell them we love them anymore in person. Right, it's so we're really selfish about when someone when someone leaves this earthly plane, um, because you know we want them with us for the entire lifetime that we have. We want to we want to do those right. We want to mm-hmm. do those things. We just can't do. It. We have no control. We have loss of control. And I said, I looked at him and I did say one thing that I tell everybody. Just this one thing I tell people. I said, when you move from sadness to gratitude, you're going to feel so much better. And he mm. goes, Oh yeah. And I said, yeah, I said, you can be sad. However, focus on being grateful for the time you had with that person, the feelings and emotions that, that um, arose from your relationship, the experiences that you had together. And that should mm-hmm. put a smile on your face. When you say, I'm grateful for that, the sadness will fall away because the sadness is based on loss and lack. Now we're focused on gratitude, which there's an abundance of. So we go from lack to mm-hmm. abundance in terms of our own feelings and emotions. And he looks at me in the eye and he goes, who are you? <laughs> he says, who are you? What is your name? Where are you from? What do you, what do, you do? <laughs> and I looked at him and I said, I said, I got a couple of podcasts. I have a radio show. I write books about, you know, something along these lines. And he goes, he goes, he goes, wow, wow. And I said, look, you're going to be okay. You're going to be just fine. Just, just again, focus on the gratitude and move forward. And uh, he says, man, can I stay in touch with you? And I said, here's my email address. Oh, I wrote it down. Sweet. I said, connect with me. Uh, my email address. Here's, here's my two podcasts. I gave him a card to connect love because I actually had one in my wallet. And I said, listen to these, man, listen to these. I gave him to my other one. I said, he, I did tell him one other thing, though. I said, when he talked about spirit or church or this kind of thing, I'm not really a church-going guy. I said, I said it's interesting. I said, um, 
I said, you have a level of awareness now that you're at the beginning of. And I was there 30 years ago, and it's a wonderful place to be. This is a, this is a point in your life now where you're, you're going to start asking some, some deep questions. This event has, has really uh, had a profound impact on you to the point where now you're going to be a sponge to absorb things uh, about mm-hmm. awareness and about love and about spirit and about connection to your own uh, to your own soul being for that matter and I said you're going to come across books uh, you're going to be guided to books and just read them and take from them what you can what, what can help you now it's not that you have to do everything that's in every book it's just you know you don't have to go that crazy this is this is about uh, you're being guided to things because there's certain things within them that you can use right now in your life to make it to the next level mm-hmm and he Absolutely. said, he said oh, that's amazing. Thank you. And I said, yeah. I said, connect with me. And I gave him a hug, and I said, yeah. enjoy, man. Enjoy and, and enjoy moving forward. I said, it's a great place to be. So, And, and I, then I thought about this. Now, while I'm talking to him, I thought about one thing, simply one thing. I know we don't have too much time left, but I, I thought about one thing. I said, we have about six minutes, so we're okay. Maybe, maybe that was the reason I was in Pensacola. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the concert, which I'd seen second. You know, it wasn't the fact that I was with my girlfriend. It was, and she's the one who actually bought the tickets and said, "Hey, we're going." This is the way the universe works. It, it's mm-hmm. it's it's profound. I'm profoundly grateful that I'm in tune enough to have. And I was asking this before I left. I said, "Why why am I going to Pensacola?" Yeah, I'm going to see this amazing show, but who am I going to meet there? You know, what yeah, kind of connection? That's wonderful, though. You're, yeah, so you're already turning it out into the universe, who you were yeah. supposed to meet. That's amazing. Yeah. And he just came riding up right next to me. And I'm like, I'm, I'm so grateful. that I, it, it's, it gives me shivers to think that I'm in tune enough to actually ask that question and to aware enough and alert enough to be guided to where I need to be. And the, the place, you know, the place where we were at, just it felt mm-hmm. right to actually be there when I looked right. at it. It felt right to, to come back to it afterwards. The people, the vibe was excellent, you know. And yeah. it, it's just amazing. So that's, that's yeah. what I love about life is that it will put well, you where you, you know, need. And, and you write about the books and you write about the connection because when years ago when I had that separation from that, particular individual and I was on my journey of uh, literally you know rediscovering who I was I was in a bookstore and had never heard of Marianne Williamson and happened Mm -hmm. to see this book called Enchanted Love on the shelf and I thought I picked it up and I'm thinking well this is sort of interesting and I opened it up to the middle of the book and I've given so many copies of that book away because it's not was not about romantic love and she in the book she talked about how enchantment was not a facet of romance but it was planetary consciousness where this womb that we were all born out of into this new humanity and 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 I thought to myself like wow this is this is really about what we talk about Michael it was about connection and so it may be you just open up a book. It might not even be that you have to read the whole book. No. But there will be exactly what you need just waiting there for you. And I think that that's, 
being open, you encouraged him to receive and to be open to whatever that might be. And and I think that he, whether he connects with you, it's his heart will always remember you and always remember that encounter. And it's just beautiful. So thank you very much for sharing that. That's the kind of connection that to me that means the most. It really mm-hmm. is when you're actually encountering a human being who's who's pivoting uh, emotionally and in in an, in, in a in, a, in an enlightening way, it's 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 amazing mm-hmm. to see, to experience, and to be able to give somebody validation as to how they're feeling uh, and what they're thinking, so that they can move forward. That's that's the greatest gift to me. It's just the greatest gift. Yeah. I'd love to do it to millions of people. Yeah, no, and I and I love that, Michael. That's what makes you a list. And you know, going back to our quote, most people run from challenges, while others run towards them. Yeah. Choosing your direction makes a difference between being A-list and being just like everyone else. And you are A-list, and I'm so grateful. And I'm going to let you close out the show because we've got two minutes left, and, and I know you, you've always got so many beautiful words to leave Man. the audience with. Yeah. <laughs> we've, had some, we have a, we've had some really wonderful um, exchanges in terms of, uh, you know, this, this, uh, this episode. And, you know, it's kind of like, I've got to tell you this, being on the show is like stepping into uh, a well-worn shoe when it's so comfortable. Uh, no matter what's mm-hmm. going on in my life, um, I, I love—I just love this hour that we can spend together. And it, and it makes everything else not only fall away, but makes it puts it kind of in its place. And for those listeners mm-hmm. here on PR and FM, uh, I really—and I know you do too—we we really hope that you have this kind of experience in your life. If not, it's time to start uh, nurturing and creating them. It's time to nurture and create. And look around at the people that you have as, as friends. And because there are, everything outside of us is a reflection of our own thinking. And mm-hmm. the, the thoughts create you are not only a reality, but your, your state of being. And so we have to be cognizant of what we're thinking because our reality is going to play out uh, in that way. If you're looking for miracles, you have to think and believe in miracles. Think miracles. Mm-hmm. Think miracles happen. Believe they happen, and just move forward. Um, everybody wants miracles. If you if you want more wealth, instead of saying what you don't have, say what you do have. Say I have tons of money. I have tons of friends. I have tons of uh, of. I'm prosperous in every area of my life. What you're thinking creates your way of being. And if we can just wrap our minds around that statement and live from that. You can start choosing what you want in life, what what you want to come to you. And that's what I have to say. That's so beautiful. Thank you. And thank you to each one of you who have joined us. And uh, that's amazing. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. Um, Always. Yeah, make your week awesome. Thank you. Bye-bye now.